Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun little food and drink filled podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David Martin, and with me as always is Mr. Troy Johnson, who, if you didn't know, the back of his chair says boss chair. It does. It does. <laughs> um, obviously, somebody who's really the boss in my family put that on my chair trying to claim it for themselves. But luckily, she's nine and smaller. And though I don't have much might, I can overpower her. You know, that sounds really bad and kind of like, you know, I should have the child protective services called on me. But yeah, my daughter made this the boss chair. She actually redid my entire desk. She put the world's best dad. She put a, lo- a sign right during the pandemic started, said, keep going, dad. And she put boss chair. I was Aww. like, okay, why do I look sad? Okay, I am sad, man. I'm about ready to throw myself out this window. How did you know? You're nine years old. You are the seer. We need to get her on the podcast sometime. (laughs) Elias, yeah, she will not shy away from the microphone, I guarantee. (laughs) I want to hear her reviews of how your cooking has been. Oh, you can't even eat my cooking, man. I make some amazing chicken. I make people eat my chicken like, damn, that's good chicken. She's like, I don't like chicken. I'm like, I just saw you eat chicken. Like, I mean, at, at like a really, really bad restaurant. I mean, it was a really, it was the crappiest chicken ever. And she's like, I like that chicken. I'm like, okay, all right. You know what? <laughs> you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Tough crap. <laughs> also with us, our editor at San Diego Magazine, super rad human being, Marie. Marie, how are you doing today on this fine Tuesday? Aloha, everybody. I'm doing good. I finally got in the water this weekend for the first time in six months. I had, been, I had been on land too long and I needed, you know, salt water <laughs> in me again. So it, it, it was nice. Where did you go? Because Marie is from Hawaii, so she was born in the water. She, um, you know, it, like her whole house is just water, you know. But I mean, I'm, I'm just making things up now, right? you know. Like it's not your Moana, you know. Um, but I mean, so where did you go? What did, did you go down to like Pacific Beach because you like hanging out with 25 year olds? Did you go to somewhere more? <laughs> no, um, Troy, as a surfer, you'll probably be surprised, but I like IB, and you know why? Oh. Because it's never crowded and I can easily just find a spot to park and walk. I don't, well, I'm spoiled and I'm used to uncrowded beaches. I've managed to find empty beaches on an island with a million people. And I I, I, I just like finding little coves. And I also don't want to scale down a cliff or um, just really have to hike to get to one. So I've I've found that, you know, that's a, a great spot. At one in the afternoon, I can pull up, park, and just go by the pier. I empathize. I've been scaling down a cliff since March, you know, so yeah. <laughs> or wait, if it's at scaling or falling, <laughs> or falling more like it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you haven't listened to our show before, we start off our show with a little segment called hot plates. Just talking about eating and drinking in San Diego, the different kind of uh, restaurant news and bar news. After that, we have a really, really great special guest who's got with us. We have Estella Davia. She's a podcast alumni of this show. This is her second time on our program. And she's also has her own, she's a superstar podcaster on her own with the Indie Beer Show. And she also just started a really, really rad new thing called Nujeres Brew Club, which we will dive into a lot more later. Estella, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me again, guys. It's, I'm so happy to see you and hear you. <laughs> I know. Estella's one of our favorites. I, I will say that is a fantastic haircut, my love. I mean, that is <laughs> streamlined. That's badass. I, it's out of my face. That's all I that, want. That's how I feel. The exact same thing I did. I'm like, I, you know what? My hair has been mooching off me long enough. 
You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, let's dive right into hot plates. So, I don't know. Is there a chance that Mission Valley is in the next North Park? <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Uh, I don't know if some, I go that far, but <laughs> they're, we're, we, they're getting some pretty good restaurant openings, and like, uh, here comes another one. Uh, there, there is. So Arlo is a new restaurant that opened in the Town and Country Resort, and this resort just had a major makeover and I made sure to look up the dollar amount. It's $90 million. That's not Ooh. an exaggeration. That's the real number uh, to Ooh. make over the hotel. And the restaurant's open. It's in a separate building to the left of um, the main entrance. So you don't have to go through the lobby to get there. And uh, the chef is Josh Muzakis. I, I hope I said that right, but that looks like how you would say it. <laughs> um, he worked at the Hotel Dell and he left San Diego to cook at Joel Robuchon and the JW Marriott in Houston. And so he's back uh, in town for this gig. The restaurant has seats for 100 people outside and the menu has charcuterie, a Baja style ramen and a California paella. Mm. I gotta say, I'm kind of excited about this one. And here's why, because anybody who's, who was raised in San Diego in the 1970s and 1980s knew the town and country. You would drive through Mission Valley and the town and country, that was our old convention center. Yeah. I believe it was a town and country. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was where it all started. Like, so as a San Diego kid growing up collecting baseball cards, trying to get all the San Diego Padres and the, and the packets of gum that they'd sell at the liquor store, you know, I, I would, they would always announce when a visiting team was staying there. And it'd be, I say like on the sign in those like plastic hang up letters, welcome Cincinnati Reds. And you know, you just, you drive by, you're like, oh, as a kid, I the Reds are staying there, Mom. The Reds are staying there. It's just this classic, classic property. And, you know, over the years, I mean, there's a reason why it's not the convention center anymore. It's just, I mean, it's hard to stay the center of attention in a city for, you know, four or five decades, you know, and without investing $90 million to do a re renovation. So I'm so stoked to go back and kind of get some of that old San Diego, which I'm sure they kept. And, you know, see what they've done new to kind of bring new life to it. But this was like the epicenter, like, you know, um, women in beautiful gowns, men in, in tucks and tails and that sort of thing. It was kind of like it was the spot to hang out in. Mission Valley was the place for a little while. Not going to be the next new North Park. Might <laughs> be the next um, uh, slightly more interesting Mission Valley. You know, <laughs> Mission Valley, God bless a man. It's a great place to play golf and buy a car, but, you know, that's about it. <laughs> well, we have some other good news coming out of Barrio Logan. Salute Tacos is reopened. Marie, tell us, give us the scoop. So they did. They just reopened last weekend, and Ernie Becerra, the owner, he posted this on Instagram. Uh, he created a extended patio that can fit 30 people, and right now they're open. Uh, Thursday through Sunday. And they have a michelada, um, a vampire michelada that I like. It uh, comes with a straw that's covered in tamarind candy. And they also have uh, great tacos. One of them is the carne uh, guisada. It's a beef stew uh, that's popular in Tex-Mex cuisine. So I think this is great that they reopen in the neighborhood. Estelle, you got to know Salud, right? Of course. Yeah, I was going to tell you, if you've never tried the churro Sunday there, you have to try it. It's amazing. It's so good. And the vampiro you're talking about too is delicious. So yeah. Yes. I, 
and that's kind of you know uh, that's one of the the young stars of the barrio you know i mean um you know a lot of people i i believe everybody there is from the barrio like the guys that own it like i mean we're, are have roots in that area and they were one of the like really vibrant cool businesses that kind of brought new life to that um neighborhood you know, and they've, they've done an amazing job. They're on Andrew Zimmern's show. I know, um, I forget which one it is. Andrew Zimmern has like 19 different shows, but he was down there. Um, I think it might've been for Bizarre Foods. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, if you want a good taco and you want to support like a good um, group of local people, you know, that's the spot to go down and check it out. Um, help them as they reopen. So I just love this podcast so far. All of it's good news. This is just great. Oh my God. Uh, All right, now drop the hammer. I know, ready? <laughs> Pandemic pizza. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's going on with Pandemic God, life pizza? sucks. Uh, I mean, it's great. Yeah. So this, this, this actually is good news. Um, so Pandemic Pizza, it was started by two chefs who were furloughed um, from their jobs at hotels. Uh, Chris Gentile at Avant and Brendan Sloan at the Pendry. Uh, they started making pizzas out of a studio apartment to earn income. And now they have a actual semi-permanent shop inside Rovino, the foodery. That's the Italian market over in East Village. And every week they donate a portion of their sales to a different charity. Now, I love, I, I, this is one of my favorite young chefs. I mean, he's not even as young as he was when he took over Oh, God, what was the name of that place downtown? The Double Deuce? No. Was it the Double Deuce? Had those big oversized chairs right oh, next to where... Double Standard, right? Double Standard. I'm like, yeah. Double Deuce has a mechanical bull. I don't think it's there. Yeah, that's a different double. That's a different double. Yeah, yeah so like, regular cook there. on the mechanical bull. It's a show. Um, no, Chris Gentile can cook, man. Really, really cook. He actually dodged at one of the best like Southern food places in the country. Uh, he came over, worked for Brian Malarkey. I remember when I, I went over and tasted his food when he was over at, um, at the Double Standard. And I, he texted Malarkey and I was like, look, what do you know about this kid? His food is freaking delicious. He's like, I know that that kid knows his food is freaking delicious. You know I mean? Like you said, he's a cocky <laughs> little kid, but man, he can cook. And so, yeah, he went to, the, um, to um, you know, Rancho Bernardo Inn um, at Avant and him and Brendan Sloan, who's done really good work at the Pendry. I mean, these guys, you know, I mean, look, they're doing what they can since they've been jettisoned from, you know, really well-established jobs. You can bet your ass they're going to cook some really, really good pizza. And one of Chris's favorite um, foods that I got at Double Standard was a mushroom uh, flatbread. It was fantastic. So I know this kid knows how to do something on bread. He's got, it's going to be an awesome thing. Great, great. And another huge reopening, Mr. A's is back open for business. I wouldn't mind going to hang out on that patio tonight. Oh, I know. They um, arguably have one of the best views in the city. And they are taking reservations starting for next Tuesday, August 18th. And so they've had to close, reopen, um, you know, close again. But now their patio is open permanently. And they also started a takeout program. And if you haven't been to Mr. A's, uh, this is definitely, um, you, you should visit. It's a landmark and you just have to see the view. And this is, I, look, I know that they're going to do amazing takeout because, you know, Bertrand is one of the best restaurateurs, you know, in San Diego, in the country. He's a traditional Frenchman, loves his service, loves the pageantry of dining, everything. He's just, you know, it's not just some she-she showroom where people are just, 
you know, putting on the bells and whistles that they read about in a dining magazine. Like this guy lives and breathes high end dining. I know it's killing him right now to do takeout of Chef Stefan's food. I mean, it really has to be killing him. He's like, it should be eaten right here. He has very specific ideas, which is what makes him such an amazing restaurant. But this shows that during this time, I mean, these guys are all, even the biggest restaurants that we have, even the best restaurants that we have, they're doing everything they possibly can to survive. If Mr. A's is doing takeout, this shows you how dire of a situation this is, how everybody's just having to throw everything against the wall and how much we need to help these people. And I will say that patio is, will instantaneously make you 300% more sexy. It'll, you know, it'll, yeah, it, it just, it, it'll, it'll raise your, sex drive a lot i'm just saying all right i'm just saying it is very very sexy in case you didn't get the point the first time it is a very sexy place i uh, wonder maybe. what they're gonna do about like uh elevator rules that's what i was gonna say yeah. those elevators are very small so yeah. i mean you know we're gonna have to that's a good call. We're gonna have to follow up with them because i i, I get nervous about elevators too yeah do you have to go up to an elevator uh, maybe they can get like a pulley system where they pull you up the side. <laughs> well, I mean, and also it's like, because if they're going up and down, just having one and the other, like, you know, not to just talk too much about this without knowing it, but like any kind of water droplets from one person before that aren't going to automatically disappear by the time it gets back down. Now we should, uh, now we should say that we are not virologists. We are not giving medical yes. advice. So we're not saying what happens scientifically, but... Right. I know, I know. And, and that's the thing. And that's uh, all this crap that these guys have to deal with. So you take your own you know, advice, you feel it out, you read your studies. And if you feel comfortable in a mask going up an elevator, I'm not sure how long that you can hold your breath, but maybe that's an opportunity to, <laughs> you know, to work on that stamina. Um, you know, but I mean, once you get up there, you got a beautiful alfresco outdoor view of the city. You know, I mean, that's, I, and God, I could use a little pampering right now. You know, I mean, Couldn't we I'm sick and tired of my own damn face. You know, I want somebody else cooking for me. I, I just, that, it sounds beautiful. So one last thing, uh, just some cool random news uh, locally, but um, local chef here in San Diego is going to be starring on a show with the singer Selena Gomez. Uh, yes, Angelo Sosa. He was the head chef at Death by Tequila and Encinitas, and he left uh, earlier this year. And Death by Tequila made our reader's choice for best restaurant in 2019. Uh, he's going to be on the show, Selena plus Chef. And it airs its first episode today, uh, August 13th on HBO Max. So Angelo, along with other chefs like Nancy Silverton and Roy Choi, uh, they'll be teaching Selena virtually how to cook. And in the show's trailer, huh. she said that she loves to eat, but that she makes a lot of mistakes in, in the kitchen. So she's called upon, you know, some of the most famous master chefs around the country to teach her how to cook. So this, this sounds really fun. Yeah, tune in and support your boy because Angela Sosa is, he, people might, might know him from Top Chef. He was on a couple different um, seasons, including the most recent one, but then one about eight, 10 years ago in which they painted him as the villain. Um, <laughs> and it's great. You know, I, I think he might actually have been a villain at that point in time in his life. You know, <laughs> since I, I ran into him when he opened up Death by Tequila and he's like, look, I've made some changes in my life. You know, I'm a very different person. You know, I was like, oh, okay, you went down that road a little bit then. All right, you were probably a cocky <laughs> chef. And, you know, and he's the sweetest, sweetest dude. We've had him on the podcast before. Just, you know, I, I real, like, you can feel, like, it's one of the people that you can feel religion without feeling religion. You know what I mean? Like, you feel that spirituality. You feel that kind of, like, 
like, oh man, you're a really grounded, sweet, humble human being that would probably help the poor and the sick, you know, but you don't feel that like, um, hi, I'm religious, that kind of starry eyed look from him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not to say anything bad about religious people. I'm just saying like sometimes <laughs> that people that are very religious, they can get that little starry eyed look, um, you know, but you can get like this kind of like spiritual peacefulness from this guy. Anyways, point is great chefs, good dude. Watch HBO Max and his new show. Also, well, how did that go guess. off the rails? I'm just I <laughs> towards lemonade today. <laughs> how many disclaimers will we need for this episode? <laughs> maybe, maybe you should get a drink. <laughs> Seriously, man. And also, just to point out one other thing about how great he is, he's the only guest that's ever cried on the podcast. I know. What? Oh, he did. He did. And he cried he did. in a soulful way. Yes, it was oh. amazing. When we showed him that his dish was on the cover, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. I remember it that. It was. So I love that man. I love right, religion. <laughs> so that was Hot Plates. Just as a reminder, every week Marie puts up a blog post on sandiegomagazine.com just linking to all these cool articles and different things that we talked about this week. I also want to say we want to hear from you, our listeners. Uh, I have a question for Troy. I need a recommendation for tech takeout, or you want to give us your recommendation for takeout. Give us a buzz. 619-744-0535. And, or you can leave us an uh, email at happyhalfhour at sdmag.com. And then one other reminder, please go into the Apple podcast app and give us nine stars. We've upped it from seven. We're, we're, we're going to nine now. This is good. This is good. Reach for the nine star. You're not going to be able to get it there, but then you can just settle on five stars. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, now we're really happy to actually dive in deep with Estella. Uh, she's been with us here the whole time here, but she's the co-founder of the Mujeres Brew Club. Estella started it last year with Carmen Favela of Border X Brewing and Barrio Logan as a monthly club for women of color to learn about craft beer and network and break barriers that were in the industry. The monthly club has grown since its founding and has plans to open a community brewing space. They'll be taking over the former Alta Brewing at Bread and Salt in Barrio Logan. Estella was born and raised in Barrio Logan to parents that immigrated from Jalisco in Baja, California. She has two sons, two dogs, loves indie beer and tequila, She's also one of the co-hosts of the best beer podcast in town, the Indie Beer Show. Stella, once again, thank you for being with us. You're too kind, sir. Thank you for having me. It's, <laughs> it's nice to be here. Thank you. I mean, if I had two dogs and two sons, I'd love beer and tequila, too. <laughs> <laughs> and if I told you their ages, you'd understand exactly why. <laughs> oh, they're teenagers, aren't they? They're 22 and 18. Oh my God, are they supposed to be coming nice now? You know, like they're, they're, they're like, they've had the angsty period. They listen to Pearl Jam this, wait, it's not the nineties. I forgot. Uh, you know, <laughs> they, they've had that like, and they're like, they're like, Hey, now you know what? I've realized that I'm, I've been an asshole for the last like five years, seven years of my life. And now I want to love you, mom. I'm gonna cook you dinner. Are, are we there yet? Uh, no, no. <laughs> mom, what did you make to eat? Oh, um, was I supposed to cook? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> A bagel dog in the microwave. Yeah, kid. there you go. <laughs> yeah. I think there's pizza pockets or something in the freezer. Go for it, guys. Go for it. But, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so Mujeres Brew House is uh, just a space that we uh, we didn't expect. Um, and if I, I'll go into the story really quick of how it came to be, just so you guys can kind of get a little bit of the background. But like David was saying, we started Mujeres Brew Club and it was just to try to basically teach and empower women about craft beer. 
And these were women that had drank craft beer and some that had never in their life drank craft beer. So we started the classes off. We meet monthly. The girls pay 10 bucks. They hear a speaker at a brewery every month. And then um, they would also get a different piece of merchandise, be it a hat, a bag, t-shirt, you know, whatever. And it wasn't about Border X making money off of this. It was just to try to bring more Latinas into beer, especially. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, we're not going to be like, Latinas only, you know, that's it. So <laughs> the club has really grown exponentially. And we were kind of in awe of what happened. We sold out the first six sessions. Um, we're going to do a second session and border X has a location in Los Angeles and Los Angeles kept saying, Hey, well, well, what about us? What about us? So we had to start a chapter in Los Angeles. So I would drive up there once a month to do that. And then, um, COVID hit. So obviously we can't meet at border X anymore. We can't meet anywhere actually, but, uh, you know, we were kind of tired because the girls, a lot of them had prepaid for the classes. So we kind of felt like, okay, what do we do? How do we fix this? You know, and uh, Carmen and I kind of talked on the phone every day. And um, she said, you know, what if we took over the old Alta space? And I said, I'm sorry, I don't have half a million in my pocket, but if you do, let's do it, man. (laughs) Um, But that was just kind of us talking, you know, and her husband, David Favela, the owner of Border X, overheard her. And he said, well, don't we discuss this? You know, what if you guys did take over that space? And, um, he kind of passed the idea over to the owner of bread and salt and he said, send me a proposal today. Um, hmm. They've been looking for something to get into uh, with that was women based women focused. Mm-hmm. So they um, David sent him the proposal. The next day they're like, Estela, you need to come to a meeting today at, at the old space at the Alta space. So I went to this meeting thinking we're just going to talk and they were basically like, okay, Stella, go tell them what Mujeres is and, and you know, all of that. And I was like, uh, okay, I walked in here wearing sandals. That's, this is great. Okay. So, um, yeah, I kind of just went through and I just said, Hey, you know, this is what we've done. You know, these were our topics, history of beer, you know, brewing statistics, you know, um, beer glass, we're just a little bit of everything. And we showed them all the pictures and then we'd gone like hot picking and then we've done like, um, brewery boogies and just a bunch of stuff with the girls, just, to try to keep it fun and so beer isn't intimidating to women because it is very intimidating when you walk into a bar and you see this big huge board and you're like I don't even know what I want to order I don't know these styles of beer and if anything that's what we want to teach the girls and I said if we had a space like this I mean if we want to teach the girls how to brew they could be on the system learning how to brew if a girl wants to learn and be a beer tender she can actually be behind the bar and do this we can bring in marketing here we can bring in you know we can do a beer festival like like, honestly, the, the opportunity is kind of endless for us to do there. And um, it would be our own space. Mm-hmm. So he said, oh, okay, well, here are the keys. And I said, wait, what? what? <laughs> that was 24 hours later. So it wasn't like we'd been thinking about opening up a brewery. That wasn't in our, like, that wasn't the plan at all. It just kind of happened and it snowballed and now I have keys to a brewery on my keychain and it's just ridiculous. (laughs) 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 So, and people are like, that's not how this works. And I'm like, I know. Those are some damn good sandals you wore. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's going to be wonderful for the girls to actually have a space where we can meet when we can meet again. Um, We have space to make a pretty large beer garden. So that's going to be really cool. The space itself probably only seats about 60 people because it does have a small patio outside and the inside. 
but with the beer garden, it's going to be able to be a lot larger and, um, we're basically just waiting for ABC and TTB right now so we can open because it is a turnkey brewery. We could start brewing today if we had everything, you know, in order and in place. But with COVID, everything's kind of pushed back a little bit as well. So we don't know how long it's going to be. So sure. we, we can't even say this is the date when we're opening, you know, but but yeah, we're super excited about this. And uh, it's now just who would be the, who would be the brewers? I mean, do you yourself know how to brew? I know you have a deep history with, with craft beer in San Diego. <laughs> Try. I just drink. That's my thing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just drink. I know about it. I can't. Yeah. Brew it, so. so, so basically, since we are under Border X, we're gonna have the Border yeah. X brewers come in, and they're gonna be doing a little bit R and D as well for uh, Border X because they do want to get rid of their system here in Barrio, because mm-hmm. the system that they have in in Bell in Los Angeles is so much bigger, and they could make all the beer up there for this location as well. Gotcha. But if they had a smaller unit, like a smaller system like we do there, it's a five-barrel system, they could still make all the beers that we want that we would be making, but they could still do anything that they needed just for them to do R&D and stuff like that until we can get a female brewer in there or, you know, and then it just would be women run, basically. Now, we, I mean, we know the reason why um, why to have female-focused events in any sector of society because you know, we've disempowered women for long enough, you know, any kind of empowerment that we can get is great, you know, but I mean, what about craft beer specifically? Has there been a problem with misogyny and or just a male barrier in craft beer for a long time? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, not to be mean, but craft beer is a white bearded guy's game. Like that's, that's what it is. You walk into a brewery. That's what you see. You see the back of the house. That's what you see. So to have women be in there, and this is a little bit of how we're trying to get some more women involved in beer. And like I said, it's a little bit of everything. And I'm not trying to say, guys, you've been doing a bad job, but I just don't think women had the opportunity to really learn how to brew, to really, you know, aside from, hey, here's a beer, you we, you can pour us beer, you know, you don't see a lot of women in the other levels, you know, and, and it'd be nice to have a woman, you know, we do have a couple of women that are CEOs and here in San Diego of breweries, but mm-hmm. I mean, a a few more and try to even out the numbers wouldn't be such a bad thing. No, definitely in every single industry, but a craft beer I've I've noticed that especially too. It's definitely the white bearded crowd, a white bearded crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because there's, there's a, not a pretension. Yeah, well, sure. There's some pretension. Beer beer people can kind of be the sommeliers of yesterday. You know, it's like, well, this was, this grape was grown in Burgundy up a cow's ass. You know, I mean, down this little road, you know, right. Um, and, and so it's, it's intimidating no matter your gender. But then if you add a little bit of a gender barrier on top of that, you don't feel like you want to ask questions, I guess. So you're making a safe space where you can ask a pretty questions about a pretty complicated craft, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, one of the things that the girls actually loved about the classes is the breweries that I invite for the monthly classes, they felt welcome to go to that specific brewery so the girls would going to those breweries and they were like oh i know that i like this beer and this beer from here because i already drank it at the class <laughs> so the guy the the owners they were just like the girls came in you know we had this many people come in and blah 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 i'm like yeah well you know if you come and invite us in we'll go wherever you want like mm-hmm. we're crazy like that you know <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah but um i'm just i'm really fortunate that i get to open this in in barrio you know where i grew up which is yeah just insane to me because my parents house is literally a block away i grew up on that no way yeah i grew up on julian avenue where it is and literally that used to be the weber bakery 
So I would oh, wake yeah. up to the smell of bread every day. Which is cool. Yeah, it was great. It would make me hungry all the time. But I mean, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it was great. So I can go outside the brewery and I look down the street and there's my parents' house, which is just crazy, you know. Are your parents still there? Sure are. They ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Um, so how do they just, feel? How, how do they feel? I mean, how, how does your how do your parents feel? I mean, there, there's their daughter who grew yeah. up. Not only made her name as a podcaster and like a name in the in the craft beer scene here, but now you got the keys to your own brewery a block away from where you grew up in the barrio, which is a really, you know, kind of experiencing its own little renaissance and you know, right. a lot of vitality in that neighborhood. Are they, are they pretty stoked? Yeah. Well, it took my dad, like when we first got it, when we hadn't done anything yet. And he's just like, I don't know, Stella, this is a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I got this, dad. I got this, dad. But, um, and he's like, well, you know, if anybody's going to do it, you're going to do it, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's <laughs> one thing he's always said to me, you know, and when I always tell him, dad, I don't know if I should do this. Like, they want to interview me. Like, I'm just a Mexican from Barrio. Like, I don't, I don't know anything, dad. And he's like, but if you don't do it, who's going to do it? You know, mm -hmm. what, who else has this opportunity to do this? So you kind of have to, mija. And I'm like, well, I guess I do, you know. Oh, I kinda yeah. Do. Yeah, so, um, and my mom, of course, you know, old school Catholic Mexicans, like, well, I don't know, we better pray, Estela. We better pray. That it all turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got a candle in there, mom. We'll be all right. <laughs> Amazing. So, so yeah. With the new spot, like, uh, being that it's completely transformed from how it was, how is the membership aspect of it going to change are you still going to have like the ten dollars a month that people are paying is there going to be like additional benefits like so yeah we were talking about that and um we're, we're probably going to figure out some kind of membership level obviously so you know for certain um members to come in whenever they want maybe have some kind of mug club or something like that mm -hmm. but at the same time we want to keep it accessible to everybody and now with this space, we're going to be able to have more women come because we had to cap it at 50 each class before because we were confined to that space. You know, we only had so much room. Um, I'm sure we could have done 100 if, you know, if we allowed that many, but Border X doesn't fit that many people. So, yeah. but, now, but now we can. So we do want to make it so that obviously if there wants to be new girls coming in on a monthly basis, by all means, please come and join us, you know? And at the same time, guys, if they want to come and join us too, it's a safe space for you guys to learn beer. <laughs> it's a safe space. So, so, you know, but, but yeah, we're still trying to figure all that out. Um, and if we're going to do like internships as far as for like brewing or, you know, beer tending or, you know, any of the other things that we're going to have. So that's, that's all still trying to figure all that out. But, um, I'm sure we'll figure we'll we'll do something like that, you know. You'd mentioned uh, before that you were having trouble with like uh, the the A or you were waiting on the ABC. So for mm -hmm. reopening a brewery, how is that? How has this basic pandemic uh, affected uh, that process for you? So right now, because of apparently certain offices were closed, so we had turned in all of our paperwork, or or so we thought, and we hadn't heard anything. And um, luckily for us, we don't have to go through a longer waiting period because it was already a brewery before. So they already did the, because there has to be a specific time where if anybody wants to do a protest or anything like that, they can do that. But since that has all gone through already, we're just getting a new license that's going to be under Border X. But like I said, we thought we had turned everything in. Apparently that office was not open. So we had to turn it into another office, which looks to be about 30 days out. 
and then we'll get our sticker to put on the window saying this will be open in 30 days. So we're thinking hopefully, knock on wood, um, October-ish is when we're trying to be open by. Wow. Yeah. And what are some of the, you've listened to the women that have come into your, you know, events and now you're, and, and, you're, and you're going to be in your own place, you know, yeah. I mean, so what are some of the feedback that you've gotten from women about the craft beer scene? I mean, what were their impressions? And you know, we already talked about it being a white bearded male culture. I mean, yeah. were they hyper interested in the science? I, I don't know. I mean, what, where, how do women feel about the craft beer scene that's now evolved over here in San Diego and become a massive industry over 20 years? Right. Well, I mean, especially us being San Diego craft beer capital of the United States. I mean, for mm -hmm. us, it's a very different culture than if you go somewhere else. But the problem was um, just as Latinas, you aren't introduced to craft beer. You just mm -hmm. you aren't, you know, you're drinking Tecate, you're drinking, you know, Dos Equis Pacifico and, and that. And there's so many amazing, wonderful breweries in Mexico that um, luckily now it's they're getting a a lot more attention and that's kind of what we wanted to do here so a lot of the girls that have gone to the classes are like not only do i feel safe here but this is like my little getaway i come i drink beer i you know i learn about it i figure out okay i don't like a saison style but i know that i really do like a stout you know and that's mm -hmm. and that's what they're doing so like i said they'll walk into say a society brewing or even you know hamilton's when they were open and say oh i know i don't like that style and i know i don't like that style but i know I've liked this style, so let me try that beer. Are you, you know? worried at all that now us, us men are going to mess this up? Because you say you're opening up to, to men. And yeah, I, no, we, you know. We've messed up a couple things in the past. Right. But I mean, but you know me. You know I can control this. Yeah. I have no shame. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm I'm fine with it. I, I've, like I said, I have two sons. I know how to say no very clearly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but um, we're just, we're really excited. And it's just, it's an amazing opportunity that, um, Border X has given us and the, the owners of Bread and Salt because, you know, they were like, whatever it takes to get you guys in here, you know, we're not going to charge you during COVID. We're not going to do this. you like, you know, stuff like that is really, really cool that they're doing this. That is awesome. Explain to everybody the space. You know, I mean, we, we've talked about it a little, little bit, um, the bread and salt space, but you, can you kind of paint a picture for people at, at home who don't, don't know it? It's a, it's a really magical space. Yeah. Um, so, Bread and Salt, like I said, it was the Weber factory years ago. It mm -hmm. shut down a long, long time ago. And they turned it into this really cool space that is like a, an event center, but it's also for artists. And there's going to be artist lofts from what I understand now is what mm -hmm. they're doing. So there's a lot of um, artists that have a space there right now. And they do all these different wonderful installations all the time. There's there's a few right now that if you have a chance to to just go in there, please do so. Um, they have really, really cool stuff. I mean, there used to be quinceañeras there. There used to be weddings there. There's a garden in the middle. It's, it's very hard to explain the space itself. Mm -hmm. But so we're attached to it. We're at the, the far end of it. And um, basically... Uh, the, the owners were just like, this is exactly what we need. You know, we, we need a, a woman-run business. This would be awesome. So, um, you know, big props to them for, for being with us on this. And they're just like, we're just excited. And when we had that meeting, we wanted to announce it to the girls before we announced it to everybody else. So I said, hey, um, we're going to have a little quick meeting. We know the owners of Bread and Salt. They're going to allow us to use the Alta space. So let's just have like a, a bottle share, basically. And we had about 20 of the girls show up. This was just literally from one day to the next. And 
they all started crying when we told them, you know, it was a big deal. They were all excited because it wasn't in the plans, like I said. But then uh, the owners came in and they were like, oh, you weren't joking. You guys are going to turn this up, aren't you? And we're like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, we just had to put the call out and the girls came. And if we're doing this now, just to announce it to them, just imagine when we're open and imagine when we actually yeah. have this space fully functioning and get it to what we want it to be. It's, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. And have you guys done any, have you guys been keeping going during the um, COVID-19? Are you doing a Zooms here? Are you guys yeah. having a beer together? We do, we do Zooms. Um, we have a couple different meetings. We are going to go um, hot picking because it is a season right now. Mm -hmm. So we are going to go do that so we can do a wet hot beer. And uh, we have been doing collaborations with other breweries that have invited us. Um, we've done quite a few before, but uh, actually right now on the 27th of this month, we have a release coming out with Kilowatt Brewing and Ballast Point. We made the Black is Beautiful beer. And... Um, our good friend, Brandon, who's also on the show, Brandon Hernandez, he was one that um, kind of made the recipe and we all had a little bit of input and um, it, it was great. We all did social distancing. So, you know, we were safe and there's a picture out there right now that shows all of us that did it. And everybody's like, you guys are really close to each other considering this is COVID-19. And I'm like, that picture is actually a big lie because we were all standing on X's individually and they put that picture together so we didn't have to wear masks. Glad so. you explained that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So if you Anybody see that who picture. sees a photo now, like you hugging, like, dude, that's from 2019. I swear to God. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. And, and I did have to say that because it's like the guys from Ballast Point. It's, you know, it's yeah. Cosmo. Yeah. It's myself. It's, you know, the guys from Kilowatt. But yeah, it looks, the picture looks great. And I'm like, yeah, none of us were even remotely close to each other in that picture. So <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So how many, like, uh, once you guys are up and brewing, how many different beers do you think you're going to have on tap? Uh, any kind of, like, specific niche you're trying to fit as far as the beer market goes for styles? So we try to say all girl is, all beers are girl beers, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're going to stick to a specific style, honestly. We are going to mm -hmm. make it flavors that maybe are, women are more likely to order. Like uh, if you've gone into Border X Brewing, you see that they have a lot of um, Latin inspired beers. They have a Rachata beer, they have a Jamaica beer, you know, stuff like that. So we want to we wanna do a little bit of that, but we're not going to confine ourselves to say, hey, we're only going to stick to this specific style. We're only going to try to focus on this, you know. No, we don't want to do that. You know, anything that we think is going to sound good, we're going to try to do that. And we're actually going to, well, hopefully, if we can, we have planned a trip to Guadalajara to um, get inspiration for a beer because the first beer we made November of last year was a Oaxacan inspired beer. It had a uh, pasilla chiles and um, prickly pear. So it was like this smoky Saison and it was just delicious. It was so good. And um, this time we're making a Jalisco inspired beer. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Troy, you, uh, do you know what beer kind of beer we were talking about last year on the state? What? what? I, I, no, I don't know. I no idea. We we were talking about Natty Light. Because oh, that's right! It's my birthday. <laughs> it was your birthday, and when this episode comes out, it will be Troy's birthday. And uh, I reviewed Natty Light for you on the sixty-second beer. That was one of the biggest honors I've ever had in my life. David was doing these uh, these beers, and they were beautiful. Wow. Beers. They were they were highly cultured, and they were they were attenuated, and they were interesting. And I'm like, yeah, but I want you to review Natty Light. All right, I want your <laughs> sophisticated um, palate on Natty Light. All right. <laughs> 
And I, he did. I think he I, gave this wonderful review of Natty Light. I think he said it was trash, but whatever. It didn't matter. I did. I, I think I said it reminiscent of the, the, the flavors of gasoline and things <laughs> along those Gasoline lines. and my bad childhood. That you went to the store near the San Diego Magazine office at 1030 in the morning to buy the natty light. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. I had to walk by all of the good craft beer that they have at Crisp, which that's one of the, if you haven't been there, it's one of the best craft beer oh, shops Oh, the best town. damn beer shop. Yeah, I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I want this. I'm like this. I'm like, oh, it's the cooler of regret. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even like, just getting that king can of natty light was... <laughs> Oh, I almost wow. like wanted to wear sunglasses when I was like at the checkout. Dude, that is true friendship, but I've never felt more loved in my life. All right. <laughs> well, either way, happy birthday, Troy. Happy Thank birthday. you so much. Thank you. And Estella, okay, wait. You have been. I know you to be one of the one of my um, foremost like beer experts in town. You've been studying this for so long. Now I want no bullshit. Don't be naming your friends, and you can't name Border X because you're involved with them. But what is your go-to beer all the time? Like the one that you're like, ah. I mean, just the one you pick up. You're like, I don't know what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get that. Okay, so that all depends on where I am. Okay. So am oh, I? Comes the list of 96 few. beers. That's why I'm saying, like, <laughs> am I at a restaurant where I can just order? Am I like, because honestly, I go to a lot of breweries, so okay. you know. But if I had to pick a beer right now, Glitz and Glam from Epic. That okay. beer is like one of my favorites, oh, and I so can good. drink it at all times. I honestly can drink it at all times. But, and what is a Glitz and Glam? That's what it is. It's the Berliner Weiss. It's the Berliner Weiss. It's it's a very soft beer. It's delicious. It doesn't get you like super trashed, but it's also refreshing. Mm -hmm. And it's this beautiful pink color, kind of. Like, it's just like it. It just checks all the boxes for me. It's great. Awesome. I, I think mine, mine has been 394. I, it's just the one I always, if I, I look around, I'm Regular? just like. Regular? Regular 394 or Hazy 394? Uh, the regular 394. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I just, you know, I, I've, I've always enjoyed that beer and it's just one of those, like I grew up on, on, you know, Sierra Nevada cause I went to Chico state. That's where they started. Like really ah. like when they started, I was like back in 1904 when I went to college, you yeah. know what I mean? But it was, that was like my go-to beer. And then 394 has just stuck with me. And, and every time I'm like, yeah, I'll take one of those. That's my like default, you know? So if you're, if you're talking like that, if I see it on the menu, delicious by stone every time that's oh, that's like me. yeah that's yeah. like one of my like safe beers you know what i mean mm -hmm. that i know that i'm gonna get it and it's good every time and i don't have to like oh yeah it's like putting neil diamond on you know what i mean <laughs> like, you know, it works every time you know what i mean you're like what would really please people right now okay maybe neil yeah, diamond isn't it yeah, but whatever maybe neil diamond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah awesome well Stella, it's been so great chatting with you we need to have you on pretty much like every episode yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here when you guys need me. Well, on that, let's drive into two people for takeout. Stella, where are you going? Two people grabbing some takeout to take home or somewhere. So I thought about this and uh, I'm going to go to Deaf Brewing because I can pick up beer. I can grab delicious pizza from uh, Cucina Caprizi right there. And if I want some um, mead, they're attached as well too. Lost Cause Meadery. Awesome. Nice. Troy, what about you? Uh, I don't have mine yet. Well, Marie, go for it. Okay, so I'm uh, breaking uh, protocol. I'm going to mention a place that I have not gone to yet, but 
I do plan on visiting uh, later this weekend. But Marie's <laughs> going to have for two people for takeout this week. <laughs> um, Red Sea Ethiopian, and the reason uh, why I plan on going is because uh, the LA Times and the UT San Diego, uh, they've recently uh, done great profiles of this business, and they've said that this restaurant is really, really at risk for closing, and they've been in City Heights for, for 40 years, and they need yeah. our support uh, more now than ever. So I, I will be visiting, and you should too. All right, then I'm going to go with Chewy's Taco Shop. Um, Chewy's, I, I, it, that was one of my surprises when it, it's only a few years old, but I, mean, I, I love that taco shop. Tacos are actually perfect for this COVID-19 because you can get them to go. You usually, you're ready to take them to go regardless of, you know, you know it's not usually a sit-down meal. Um, they've got a, like, shrimp out of La Diabla, which is really good. they got a chili relleno um, burrito, which is also awesome. If you just want a good taco and, you know, um, obviously a craft beer, Estella, I'm not going to go there, but, or a Tecate, <laughs> whatever you want, or a Netty Light in a can, yeah, you know, yeah, with, with a taco. What you want. Chewy's, <laughs> Chewy's Taco Shop's my call over at El Cajon Boulevard. <laughs> well, I'm also going to go with a brewery. I'm going to go with Fall Brewing, uh, good friends of San Diego Magazine, but they're doing a really cool thing where basically they have a few different food trucks that they've partnered with that are going and hanging out in front of the brewery. But so they've partnered with them and they, you go into the brewery and you actually buy a dining ticket from the brewery. And then you go and you bring that to the, um, the food truck and they deliver your food and they have this awesome punk rock patio as they call it outside. It's just a great setup and a great way to show that how different businesses can support each other. This week, I think they have Corzona di Torta and also uh, Sushi Uno, I think is the name of the truck. But so they're really, really good trucks that they're going there too. So fall brewing it is for me. And yeah. David, David meant corazón de torta. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shame, David. Shame, David. I, I was I was looking because Joe Biden just announced his um, VP. That's what I was looking at. Did you say corazón? Corazón? What'd you say? <laughs> I had to fix I, it. <laughs> I I, pre I appreciate it. That's what, that's what happens when you're 3,500 miles away. You, know, you, forget, you, you forget the pronunciation of words. Yeah, when you're hanging out in the whitest state ever. I'm just kidding. It's, it's, actually, it's actually true. But, but I'm also in the most empty state ever, too. Lowest COVID in the whole United States. Yeah, good call. Good call. Stella, tell everyone where is the best place they can find uh, your projects, all your projects on your social media and websites and things along those lines. Uh, the website will actually be up this week where you can purchase merchandise. That's going to be mujeresbrewhouse.com. Um, we should open it later this week sometime. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, mujeresbrewhouse, mujeres underscore brew underscore house. Um, but yeah, if you follow Border X2, we post it on there all the time. And same thing, Facebook, Instagram. So, so yeah, if you want to follow me, Madrina de Cerveza, which means godmother of beer. On Instagram. <laughs> the fairy godmother of beer. I appreciate that. I, you, I cannot wait. Thank you so much for coming on. I cannot wait to see how this project evolves once we all get back to sanity. You know, yeah. I know that you know your shit. And I know that you care about not only that neighborhood, but women being, you know, having a voice in beer and just, you know, feeling like they're welcome in that society. And I think you're going to do a, a perfect job at that. Thank so. you. Can you please tell my mom that I know what I'm doing? Because she doesn't yeah. believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go light we'll another candle. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, everyone, that was uh, San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. You can find me on Instagram at David Eli Martin. You can find Troy at 
underscore hey troy is it, no is it underscore no underscore no it's just hey troy johnson at, at instagram i'm only underscore on twitter because of various lame reasons <laughs> you can email marie at marie t at sdmag.com you and can't find her on social media though she no. refuses to give it to you so <laughs> you to try to find her it's fun <laughs> you're smart also, you're smart marie <laughs> so, and once again, we want to hear from our listeners. Do you have any questions? Do you want to call and email me and tell me how I mispronounced uh, your favorite taco truck? <laughs> um, <laughs> let us know. Uh, give a call. It goes straight to voicemail, 619-744-0535, or email us at happyhalfhour at sdmag.com. And once again, nine and a half to 12 and a half stars on the Apple podcast app would be wonderful. 37 stars. I know the stars just go up. I'm like 12 and a half. (laughs) 12 and a half stars. That's the percent of alcohol in the beer that Estella's drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. See you guys. (laughs) 